This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And think to yourself, it's not a derby. 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 This is the Blue Monday podcast. It's not a derby, Seb. It's not a derby. It, uh, local derby, I accept, but derby, no, right? No, no, no. I don't even don't even accept that. The term derby can't be used in relation to this game. We have our derby against them up the road, and they have Peterborough. Those are the two respective club derbies. The term derby should not be used in this game whatsoever. That's the official stance of Seb and I, not the opinion of Blue Monday Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday Podcast, discussing Ipswich Town and Cambridge United a little bit. Um, discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. And this is the pre-match show brought to you in partnership with our good friends at the Ground Pub in Ipswich. We're available every week on YouTube video and podcast audio. And he's already been heard. You know he's here, Seb Brown. How are you, mate? Hello, mate. I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, I do have quite strong views on this one. I'm sure we discussed this last year as well, but yeah, yeah for me, it's it's, it's not, a derby, is not but... a derby either. No, it's not. No, 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 it's not. We have one derby, and it's Norwich, and I assume Cambridge have one derby that is Peterborough. I assume, or, or, I, yeah. I don't know. But either way, the game between these two clubs are not derbies. But no, I'm good, thank you, mate. I'm all right. I got my got my Burnley ticket this morning, so I'm looking oh, forward to a trip few. up to to Turf Moor next Tuesday, you whenever it is. So. Uh, I think he's going. I, uh, yeah, I, I think so. There was. I might have been in with the home fans, and he was pretty disgusted at that, and made jibes about me drinking vanilla latte surrounded by diehard Burnley fans. So I uh, watched that response then. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if he's going. I'm, I'm sure if he is, we'll we'll meet up there at some point. You're going with your Burnley mate. No, again, he, he might have abandoned me, so I might be yeah. might be flying solo. But if I do, oh. I'm sure I'll be on one of the midweek shows next week to to gauge my opinions as we look forward to hopefully a win and hopefully the fifth round. Yeah. You, any thoughts on? I mean. Let's be honest, we'll probably Alan lose. Partridge shrug meme, insert here um, when you ask me about the fifth. But the Sheffield fifth Wednesday round. Fleetwood, 
um is also a replay that's helpful isn't it very yeah i was a bit yeah when me and ben did the pre-match show last week for burnley we'd said the one thing we didn't want was a was a replay but i, I wasn't at portman road i managed to catch bits of it in the highlights and, and stuff like that it looked like a you know a very decent decent performance and as we said you know if it has to be a replay then you want it off the back of a, a good 90 minutes and that's what it was and i guess wednesday or fleetwood is a potential to go through to the, the it'd be the quarterfinals when there was a sixth round i don't know what they would label it as but yeah, I mean that's Christ. You need David. When was the last time Ipswich Town were involved at that stage of the uh, of the FA Cup? No, that was the fifth round, wasn't it? I'm saying if we, if we beat, oh, yeah, if, we, if we win, if we were to, you know, it's a good chance to to beat Fleetwood and or, or Sheffield Wednesday ever gets through. Uh, but I was a bit ninety three Arsenal. Okay, but I was a bit disappointed when I think was it Man United and West oh. Ham and us and <laughs> with the last Man United, the last four balls and we managed to get Fleetwood or Sheffield Wednesday. At least it's at home. Look on the bright side. Yeah. Um... I thought it was quite amusing. It switched Sheffield United as a possible permutation there. Um, and that will be an exciting one to talk about next week, won't it? So, um, yeah, watch this space. In terms of bits and pieces of news, uh, transfer deadline day, along with my opinions on derbies, <laughs> I think transfer deadline day is an absolute sham and a waste of space. Um, <laughs> I was driving through town on the 31st and listening to talk sport, um, as you do and yeah he, simon jordan was doing a double shift with jim white and simon jordan was so depressed and miserable about it it's like yeah good i don't agree too much with simon jordan but on this bit he's like i, I think he was sort of saying that he when he was owner at palace he likes the summer window because you feel like you're building the yeah. january window is like you've screwed up and you need to yeah, reactive something. isn't it it's reactive and yeah did Which you see what paul warren said about the after the the, the I, double I, of yeah go on he said, basically, someone mentioned it to him, and he said, is it transfer deadline day? Oh, Sky should do something about that. <laughs> I love that. Delivered with excellent deadpan and sarcasm. It was a superb response. So would you say that, um, in echoing to that thought of Simon Jordan, our January business was to fix something, or was it slightly more progressive than that? Can I quote Mr. Diamond and say a bit of, a bit of both? I, th I think we all have to be delighted with the business. We got stuff done early obviously the Luongo one came in in the first week or so of the window after Middlesbrough released him and that story had broken pre-Christmas so that ticked the central midfield cover which was becoming a bit of an issue because at the time Evans was still working his way back Ball was out Kamara was out and then the two attacking options that joined obviously towards the uh, the first FA Cup round weekend I think we all knew we needed a striker up front to help ease the burden on Ladapo and as we've seen Ladapo is able to take his game to a you know, another level and is doing really, really well with that that enhanced competition inside the building. Broadhead, we kind of wanted a, a, another attacking midfield option in the number 10 or the, or the wide left roles. And that's a permanent deal for a player of good pedigree and good age. So we have to be delighted with that. And then the icing on the cake towards the, to the end of the window, it must have been in the last week or so, was obviously Harry Clark returning home and had that brilliant debut against Morecambe that you, me and Mikey discussed after the, the post-match. So, so yeah, for me, it was an excellent window. I can't think of any kind of missed opportunities. I was listening to the uh, Dara McAnthony Hard Truth podcast today, and he was saying they had four bids in for a central midfielder from a League One rival. So it was it was clearly us. We were clearly going for him. Maybe that's been parked until the summer. But if you had to bought him in, then players would have had to have moved on for both registration purposes and I guess squad harmony purposes. So from from all the from all the ins for me, superb window business done ashton said in december we'd leave no stone untouched and you know mckenna has been fully backed here and we've now got this sequence of games to go on and we're at full strength and and, and yeah for me it was an, an excellent window exactly what we needed and in comparison to the other top 
three, obviously Plymouth got, to use your word, bodies in early doors, didn't they? Sheffield Wednesday got McGuinness back and brought in Naden Flint, didn't they? So yep. defensive. One um, in, one out. But 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 Flint, I know he's very experienced, but I see that as a bit of a downgrade, don't you? I mean, McGuinness out and Flint in. I, you know, I McGuinness know came back, didn't he? No, no. I thought McGuinness came back. Have I misread that? Yeah, check that. I don't think he did. We, just, we discussed Plymouth in the pre-match show. They made a lot of signings after Whitaker got recalled that we kind of discussed as being ones for the future a little bit, didn't we? You know, the likes of Tyreek uh, Wright, who came in from, from Villa after his loan to Bradford in the first half of the season. They kind of looked to be maybe building a little bit for the future with their buys. But no, for me, I think Wednesday kind of left slightly, slight, unless you're going to Google now and tell me that <laughs> McGuinness did go back and I completely missed it. But I thought he got recalled and was part of the Cardiff squad under the whoever the new manager's going to be. Yeah, fair enough. I'm I, I thought someone was, was maybe I misread, and this is why I hate deadline day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think probably of all of the three, in terms of the strength of those options, I know Plymouth's form has kept consistent without Whitaker, and I think you know that Whitaker deal was always felt pie in the sky, didn't it? A little bit, but I think those options would get in their teams, wouldn't they? Broad, oh, yes, Clark, yeah, and definitely, and Hurst when he's up to full pace. So we have yeah, to look take at positivity the- from that. Yeah, and the pedigree of players we're signing, you know, Hurst is from a Premier League club. Uh, Broadhead, I know he's had time in the Championship and League One, but he's come from Everton. Harry Clark at Arsenal, you know, we're signing, you know, top quality players from higher up the food chain to our position, whereas some of the signings we discussed for Plymouth had come from League Two or League One, you know, compatriots. So, yeah, I think of the three-hour business has been absolutely, absolutely superb. And now it's up to them to, to go and deliver, isn't it, and go on this, this, this run of wins that we do need. Yeah, more on that shortly. But yeah, McGuinness played for Cardiff for a Luton, so on deadline days. So. That's why I'm here, folks, yeah. to add the accuracy. There you go. That's, I'm just here to press the buttons. Talk to me about the outgoings very quickly as well. Quite a few yep. loans. We're kind of like the Chelsea of League One, aren't we? Um, <laughs> any, any? I mean, no surprises about Hadmilet. Um, um, Yengi is an interesting one. I, I guess yeah. good that he's, I think it sounded like he had a positive move back to Australia on loan, didn't he? But um, I quite like the idea of that move to Northampton and Darba has traded one League One team for another. And you've noted here that Carl Edwards was subject to interest, but has stayed. Apparently so, yeah. I mean, Hadme makes perfect sense. He wasn't going to get any game time here. And as soon as uh, Burton sold the striker to, to to Bolton, forgive me, I can't remember his name, they needed a, a striking option up front. There was a bit of gamesmanship a few weeks ago, wasn't there, where they, they couldn't possibly afford the proposal that we were putting together. But that all got worked out, which is great for him. He needs to go and play some, some football now. Hopefully he can have a bit of an impact because he was on fire there before he joined us. And if he can take some points off our rivals, that'd be great. Tete Yengi, yeah, signed a new 18-month deal, didn't he? Then moved to Northampton. Uh, again, he must be you know relatively highly highly thought of. He had a spell out. Did he go uh, Eastern uh, Sweden or somewhere, did he? in the, the last six months I can't remember where I he thought went, he but... went to Australia but then I've, I think Mark no, he's, he's Australian shit, isn't he he's Australian he is Australian but I thought he went that but yeah maybe I'm confusing this is the trouble I think I'm ben confusing Morris it with to, Ben Morris went to Sweden didn't he yeah I'm not I sure I loaned him back to Melbourne City in FM 23 that's, <laughs> that's why I know that so right, that's okay. my, yeah. I'm confusing well football manager is basically like real life now isn't it so, sorry continue if he goes there and has a good, you know, we've protected ourselves by getting him to sign a contract first, which we didn't do with Simpson 18 months ago, whenever it was. So if he goes there and delivers, then happy days. Corian Darba only made seven starts in the league for Burton, made a couple of Pizza Cup and EFL Cup and FA Cup games as well, but he wasn't really playing there. And obviously Burton now has something crazy like seven loans. So I assume the recall and the shipping out to Fleetwood was to help facilitate the had made transfer. So if he can go there and 
mentor Toto Enziala through the second half of the season, then, then fair play to him. And Carl Edwards, yeah, there was this rumour, wasn't there, on the Monday, the day before deadline day, that Hull had, uh, had approached for a permanent transfer. And I don't know how true it was. Sky Sports reported it, but you know, Sky Sports will pretty much report anything on, on deadline day or the run-up to it to try and drum up some interest. So for me, I'm quite happy he's changed. I do see him as a bit of a game changer and a spark off the bench. I think he offers something that no one else does. And I think you want your players on the bench, don't you, to be potential game changers, potential match winners. And for me, I, 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 he's been making the bench when we've got these in large squads recently. So I think McKenna sees that in him as well. And hopefully he'll have a big moment or two before the end of the season. Fingers crossed. How would you rate the window? What would you give it out of, out of 10? What, how would you rate the, the... Ignore the outgoings, they don't really matter, but the incomings, how would you rate it out of 10? What do you think? Eight. Eight? What more would you have wanted? Morgan Whitaker and Jack Taylor. Eight's a good score. Squad already. Eight's a good score. Like ten, no, you, what would you, 10 out of 10, nothing gets 10 nine. out of 10. Nine for me. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I'm nine. just more, I'm not as easy to please, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much of this but, pod, but I'm thinking, and, I'm, if, am I going to edit this out? Uh, is it scripted? Rich says this is scripted. It's not. No. I'd I give it an eight out of 10. I, I, I think, I, I there's scope for improvement is all I'm saying not much we got what we needed um, but we're a bit you know if there's an injury for one of Hurst or Ladapo right now Jackson's the backup option and we know that he's now basically a right winger isn't he so until Tyrese John Jules comes back which I think we're expecting in February back on the grass tick is suggesting stuff so but there is a risk there. I'm not saying we should have signed another striker, but anyway, Broadhead, I guess, could play at front, couldn't he, if he needed? But yeah, eight's a good score. It's in net promoter score, I, I'd be a promoter. It's a passive. Eight, no, you're not eight's a passive. Oh, are you sure? Yep. You see, it affected my pay for about 10 years. Oh, there you nine go. And, well, that's nine why. and 10 is fine. That's Seven me, and eight are. people like me who think it's a good yeah. score. Yeah. Best service ever, eight. Eight, <laughs> yeah. Must try hard. Couldn't have done more. Seven. (laughs) There you go. What's your score then? Did you give me your score? And I wasn't paying attention. Nine. Nine. Cool. Let's move on. Talking of further transfer business, ICFC women um, have signed West Ham midfielder Brooke Cairns on a dual registration deal until the end of the season. Um, She's got WSL experience um, and has been playing at Hashtag United and was in the team that defeated Town in the League Cup earlier in the season. Um, So she'll add strength and depth and some competition for places um, in the midfield area. Town are way at Watford on the weekend if you're london based and want to head down there um all the details on at itfc women um and also details of travel if you want um to travel down from this part of the world if you're well from where i am in suffolk um at itfc WOSC. but we wish um the tracks girls all the best it's a top of the table clash there or just below the top of the table clash um big psychological boost if we could get a win out of that one so fingers crossed talking a big psychological boost if we could win away seb let's talk about cambridge it's not a derby we know that much talk to us about their league form so far it's not going well is it in the second they're kind of suffering second season syndrome they sit 23rd in the league with 25 points 27 games played seven wins four draws 16 losses scored 23 goals and conceded 46 Of the last six games, they are 22nd in the form table. 
They've won one, drawn one, and lost three of the last, uh, sorry, lost four of the last six games. And that includes two games where they conceded five, Sheffield Wednesday, maybe unsurprisingly, and Shrewsbury five. Well, they actually beat Shrewsbury. That was their last win. They beat Shrewsbury at the Abbey uh, 2-1, I think it was, on Boxing Day. And they got battered by them a few weeks later with that weird, we had, when we played um, Oxford, that weird kind of flip reverse fixture with four weeks apart. They, uh, yeah, they got battered 5-1. So, yeah, not, not going well. And the home form within that form, I mean, yeah, 21st in the home uh, form league table. And yeah, you mentioned the win at Shrewsbury. That's the um, win over Shrewsbury. That's the, yeah, that's the only one in there for a while. Only one win since October 25th, as you say. And um, the killer stat here, 14 defeats in the last 20 league games. Oh, dearie yeah. me. Um, but a draw last time out, though, Seb. Yeah, but it was Lincoln. Everybody draws Everyone draws at Lincoln. Lincoln. Everybody draws at Lincoln. It's just how it goes. Yeah, they drew nil-nil last weekend uh, away to Lincoln. 42% possession, 12 shots, only three on target. Watch the highlights. Not a great deal to report back on, but I guess they'll take some kind of comfort from a clean sheet, maybe away from home, and they can look to build on that. Remind us of where they finished last season, because it, well, it, it was a really excellent return for them, wasn't it? And Mark Bonner, we'll talk about him in a second, but his status really elevated as a result of getting them pretty comfortable in the league. And obviously they beat us at Portman Road, didn't they, as well? Yeah, they did, um, yeah. And they obviously drew at the, at the Abbey last year. So they finished yeah. 14th last season, 58 points after winning promotion from League Two. The two-all draw, well, it felt like a two-all defeat, didn't it, in <laughs> October last year when Sean Ialuko puts Luko, us 2 nil yeah. up and, yeah, Brophy gets one back before half-time and then Ironside with a goal that everyone in the, in the country could see coming apart from Paul Cook with an 88th-minute equaliser. And then there was the playoff coupon-busting 1-0 win. It must have been March or early April time, I think, at Portman Road, where, was it Ironside again got the goal? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, they just did a job on us and we couldn't break them down and that really kind of put a, a spanner in the works. I think that was probably the weekend where quite a lot of us realised that the playoffs just weren't going to happen because, you know, another game was ticked off and we still needed a ridiculous run of points to finish in the, in the, in the top six. And also we've played them twice this season so far, the Pizza Cup game at the Abbey, oh, but... Us. Yeah, Carl Edwards sent off was a joke. We lost 1-0, but Carl Edwards being sent off was a joke and completely altered the game. And the very comfortable 3-0 win in the end at Portman Road back in October time where we had to be, you know, patient and they, they were resolute and they were hard to break down. But we got the breakthrough on 72 through Tyrese, John Jules, and then Carl Edwards scores that worldy wonder cross. And then I actually preferred his second goal, the third goal, where he kind of gets onto it from the outside of the area with the outside of his right foot and kind of stabs the ball home. But it was a, a comfortable win in the end, but we had to be patient to break them down. And I think that's how Saturday might go as well. Um, and we, we've people have mentioned it, and I think I might have mentioned it on the flagship show, this record at Cambridge. Worth noting, we've only had five league games in our entire history yeah. um, at Cambridge. And we have one there in the League Cup, hence the shirt behind me. Um, from 93-94, where I think Kiwomia scores um, a 2-0 win, I think it was. Um, but it's, yeah, five league games overall, two two at the Abbey, two draws. Um, it's not a, it's not a sample size that's big enough to form some kind of Oxford-like hoodoo, is it? So, yeah, we'll focus on the, the, the matter at hand, which is their form in the league, and, yeah, take it from there. But the boss... Mark Bonner, we've mentioned him a few times. I mean, big reputation or was building quite a big reputation last season off the back of that mid-table, that 14th place finish. Started the season really strongly as well. Yes, yeah. yeah. And that and that drew attention, didn't it, Seb? 
It did, yeah. I mean, they were briefly top at one point. I think they beat, they went one nil up away at Portsmouth, I think it was, and they went top of the league at one point. They were 10th when we placed them only a couple of points outside the playoffs when we beat them back in October. And yeah, Bonner, who was the, you know, previous season ticket holder at the, at the Abbey and had worked in the academy and development roles for the club and had been made permanent in January 2020, was riding the crest of a wave, wasn't he? He wins promotion from League Two in 2020, 2021, unexpectedly, I think it's fair to say, comfortably, you know, kept them up without any kind of issues last year. But he got uh, uh, an, an approach after Paul Warren leaves Rotherham to go to Derby. Rotherham approach him. I, I don't know. He turned them down. I don't know if it was with regards to personnel or terms or whatever. But since he's done that, they've kind of gone on this absolutely awful run that's coincided with him you know, refusing to do that job. And, and me and Ben discussed this before the Rotherham game because that was a bit of a surprise because you, you think of Rotherham as being a state. I know he's a Cambridge fan and, you know, KC, former season ticket holder, etc. But, you know, if you want to get a gig in the championship, Rotherham's not a bad gig. You know, they, they're they a pretty stable club. Okay, you're going to be up against it budgetary-wise. But even if you, you go down, they're not going to fire you. You know, they'll put your faith in you to, to get them back up again. So if you wanted to make that natural move up the up the food chain of the pyramid, it seemed like a very logical move. But for whatever reason, he, he doesn't do it. And they immediately then go and lose five games uh, on the bounce. Only won two, leagues, uh, two league wins since then. And it's just, yeah, all gone horribly, horribly wrong. His overall record is managed 154 games, 167, drawn 28, lost 59, 1.49 points per game. But this run that they're on, the 14 defeats in the last 20 games, surely the the credit he's accrued in the bank for the promotion and the comfortable place finished. If it goes on much longer, surely there must be some pressure building. It's a weird one, isn't it? We've talked about it with Gab as well. As a young manager building a reputation in the game, as I keep saying, the offers of further up the pyramid don't come too often. Yeah. And, I and when know you get that- a stable offer, it makes sense. Yeah. I get the point that sometimes some clubs are dysfunctional more than others. Yeah. But, it de- it kind of depends what his motivations are, right? And if his motivations are success with Cambridge, that's fair enough. And we can totally understand that. Um, but it's not a long career as a football manager, particularly as a young football manager. If you don't get that success, people move on very quickly, don't they? And if they were to go back down again and he wasn't to get them back out of League Two at the first attempt, he'd be sacked, wouldn't he? And that's, that, that's the so. flip side of this. Whereas, you know, there's a good chance he gets the job at Rotherham. They, you know, probably come down, but hopefully they put up a bit of a fight. But he's got, he's back in League One and he's got the resources of a team with some championship income and probably better standard of players with no disrespect to Cambridge. Uh, it feels like a overall much better position, but it's maybe he didn't back himself. Maybe there was something else at play there. Um, the owner at Cambridge pleaded on hands and knees. I don't know, but <laughs> it has, has just since that 29th of September decision, as you said, the five game losing streak, um, which included the defeat to us, I think, or maybe that, maybe yeah, that just did. before. Yeah, did. yeah, I think it might have been the second or third game after that. And then, yeah, two league wins since then, compared to five wins prior to that on the 29th yeah. of September. It started well, yeah. Um, yeah, two wins, three draws, 12 losses in that run. So something's gone on there and yeah, very strange. And it's a strange one because you just mentioned there, if his idea of success with Cambridge is his overall goal, which is fine, it's perfectly admirable if he's a Cambridge fan. But I mean, that ceiling probably is mid-table, what he did last year, isn't it? It's 14th, 13th in, you know, in in, in League One. He's not never going to have the budget to compete with some of the, you know, some, some of yeah, the Yeah, League One's we- changed, isn't it? We keep talking about this. The You know, it's a... The, the, of the teams that don't go up this season, there is big spenders in there. Let's say... Yep. For argument's sake, Derby, 
Bolton and Barnsley don't go up. Peterborough, Portsmouth, yeah. <laughs> Charlton, yeah, exactly former right. League side. Yeah, they're, yeah, and they're... there are going to be three teams that are going to come down from the championship, including probably Rotherham, who are yeah. seasoned veterans are getting promoted. Hull, possibly, I don't know. Wigan. Figure. Yeah. Yeah, who will be favourites to bounce straight back up as well. So you're right that it's, it's... possibly sneaking the playoffs maybe is, is, is I, the ambition there. But, but yeah. Anyway, we'll move on. Let's talk about uh, their January acquisitions and business. I guess the one that I picked out was um, positively was a new deal for Jack Lancaster, but some, yeah, some signings there. So talk us through them. Yeah, they've kind of gone for a quite obvious model, haven't they? They've gone for experience and leadership characteristics, I guess, to get them out of this mess. And they've gone for relatively short-term deals as well, which is kind of another view that you know they may be protecting themselves in case the worst does come to the worst and they do end up getting relegated. George Thomas arrived from QPR, midfielder arrived from QPR on deadline day on a permanent deal on a short-term contract at the end of the summer. Michael Morrison's been re-signed. He played them before. He joined them from Pompey. I think he played against us in the Christmas week game didn't he he's joined from um uh, from Portsmouth to add some experience at the back as has Ryan Bennett from Swansea they brought these two new center backs in and when I think of those two I think of kind of physicality leadership and experience which I guess Ryan's is what you need when you're Bennett's ex Norwich is he Peterborough that guy uh I don't think it's that guy no I'll do some googling you keep going <laughs> And Steve Seddon joined for a left-back join from Oxford. And they have this weird curse of, of left-back players. And it's had to result in a uh, in a formation change. They Steve Seddon came in to, to replace an injured player. He fractured a cheekbone on his debut, so he won't feature against us. Harrison Dunk has been out since Boxing Day. He was the reserve left-back to Brandon Hanstrup, who's been out since August. So they've had three left-backs this season, all get injured. And, uh, and, and that's led to a bit of a formation change. You're nodding your head. That probably tells me that you're correct, that it is the ex-Norwich, ex-Peterborough. Yeah, guys. it's my turn to be right. So Peterborough started his career. Well, Grimsby, Peterborough, Norwich, then back to Peterborough on loan. Wolves, spell at Leicester on loan in 2020. Long spell at Swansea and then, yeah, Cambridge. So you're talking decent Premier League experience as well. Yeah, Calibre. Calibre. Yeah, uh, and Conor McGrandles as central midfielders joined on loan from Charlton as well. So it's uh, it's kind of loans and free transfers mainly to the end of this season for the next four or five months to get them out of the mire a bit. And yeah, I kind of, I kind of, do you remember when we were in trouble in the January and the Mick went out and Stearman joins and, you know, a few, because uh, Norbo come in, a few kind of experienced pros who I guess you thought might be good for the dressing room came in to show a bit of leadership. That's what it kind of reminded me of when I was doing the research. They're kind of looking for those vocal players who've, been here, done that, got the T-shirt to hopefully get them out of a mess. And, and Jack Lancaster, like you said, signed a new two-and-a-half-year deal in January. So pleased for him. He was always a player that I liked and rated. And yeah, pleased for him that he's, uh, he's got himself settled there. It's interesting that we'll talk about the, the stats um, in a bit, but their goals against at home, um, 16 is mid-table. It's pretty average. Um, yet they've gone for a lot of solid, dependable, experienced centre-backs. You wonder whether they might have been better going for more creative players, perhaps. I don't know. But Well, maybe they're looking the fun. We'll discuss their players shortly, but maybe they're looking at the fact that they do have proven goals in this team further up the pitch, as we saw last season, who haven't got firing yet. So I guess maybe they're kind of throwing their eggs in the basket of if we can sort out the back and make it leaky tight yeah, and our yeah. form players do show some of last year's consistency and last year's form, we can get ourselves out of this mess. But it's only just over one goal a game they're conceding at home, which, you know, it's similar to us, right? If we stop conceding the marginal goals and continue to score goals, we'll win games 1-2-0, won't we? So, yeah, maybe the same strategy. Fair enough. Uh, how will these players be used then? So there was a bit of a, a formation change, perhaps, out of necessity. It's changed. Lincoln, but yeah, talk to us about that. 
Yeah, it was very much a 4-2-3-1 for the first 20-odd, 20-something games of the season. And then two games ago away at Shrewsbury, it changed to a three-at-the-back system. It kind of coincided with injuries to the left-backs, like I just mentioned. So they haven't really got an out-and-out left-back in the squad. It coincided with the arrival of Morrison and Bennett as well, two centre-halves who can you know, comfortably kind of slot into a back three and add some presence. Lloyd-Jones came back from an injury. He's the left-sided centre-back. He came back from injury, so he naturally slotted into the left-side centre-back position. And they had a guy, Liam Bennett, who was on loan at Walsall for the first half of the season, who's a right wing back slash right back. And he was doing okay. So they recalled him and he's kind of slotted into that right wing back role. So yeah, kind of a necessity, kind of a, a formation change through necessity of injuries due to the fact they've got no left backs and also reflecting the transfer business of adding some experience, know-how and nous at the back. Talk to us where the goals come from. You mentioned the strikers are pretty effective. Um, well, so we mentioned and Sam Smith, yeah. the other one. They were last year. I mean, you know, last year Smith had Sam Smith is finished with 15 goals. Ironside got 14 goals, but they haven't really kind of got going yet this season. Smith's got five, six. Ironside's got five. Uh, Smith has also missed nine big chances. So they certainly were creating chances and not taking them. So I guess a lot of them last season came from that. You know, the 4 2 3 1. Ironside was the focal striker. I seem to remember, was it Burgess had a bit of a, a bit of a, his hands full against him at the Abbey game back in the October. He's a very good back to goal striker. Smith was kind of playing in that inside forward channel, wasn't he? And he was looking to make late runs into the box and, and, and get, look to get get involved after Ironside had done the donkey work for him. And they, they just worked really well as a, as a partnership. But this season, they haven't really got going it which explains why they you know why they are where they are so far this this year Harvey Nibs has got four goals and three assists from 24 starts he has also missed nine big chances the same as Sam Smith so again they are creating some chances for their players and when they make the chances they're just simply not taking them obviously Wes Houlihan has moved on maybe that kind of loss of creativity forgive me I, I don't know how many games he started last season but maybe that kind of you know clever player in the number 10 role looking to pick out pockets of space leaving has a um, has affected them. Jack Lancaster has got two goals and an assist in nine starts. So he's kind of not an ever-present, but they've rewarded him well enough to give him a, a new contract. What did you think of Lancaster? If was, I, I liked him. I, I wouldn't have minded if he'd have hung around for another another season or two. What's your memories of him as a town player? Yeah, so I, I, was, I just go back to his debut or his first town golf against Millwall. Oh, the, the must-win New Year's Day game. Yeah, where we took the lead yeah. and then got pegged back in the second half. And that was an excellent goal. Yeah, I, I mean, injuries obviously were a problem, weren't they? They were a factor and probably maybe the overriding factor behind his departure. Um, yeah. But I like him. Creativity um, can play wide and maybe I think they play him century sometimes as well, Cambridge. Yeah, yeah. I like him. I'm pleased that he's um, making a career at Cambridge. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, probably in terms of where we are now, uh, yeah, if he'd stuck around, he wouldn't be in the current team would he i guess against burns or very true yeah uh, broadhead or the like so but yeah good good luck for him obviously i guess he's off, like off saturday i guess he's like dobber isn't he i guess he's one of those that at the time was exciting for us but we just moved on as a club so he would have got yeah. would have got left behind a little bit diggers paul digby is still there he's the, diggers diggers the the captain the sitter the uh, ever present so far this season he's the one that will will sit there and mop up most likely with McGrandle alongside him james brophy is kind of filling in the left wing back role given the injuries that they've got he scored against us he got the first goal back in the two all draw last season he's not got going so far this year he's only got one assist no goals so far this year so like smith and like ironside he's not kind of you know got the got to the heights of last season 
season. And Dimitar Mitov is back. He's the goalkeeper. He had a spell out with injury, but he's back in the side now. Only kept three clean sheets so far this season. Cambridge have kept five. He's only kept three so far this season. Averages two and a half saves per game. And you can see he's on average 1.7 goals per game. So, you know, when we discuss the, the stats in a minute, and, and given our, you know, what we need to do, this is a game we, we simply have to win. And you've mentioned the curse of the le- left back as well. Yeah. Adam May also out centre back. He's uh, a loss. Mid. Yeah, he's, he's a loss. He's kind of one of their major creative forces from last season, isn't he? 32 starts last year. He's out. Uh, I think he's out for the season. He did his cruciate, I think it was back in August time. So he's out for the for the season. And, and that combined with the left backs kind of explains, you know, it's not a big squad. They haven't got the resources of some of the bigger boys in the league. And that explains why they are struggling. Let's do some stats. Um, we'll focus on the home stats um, as it pertains to Saturday's game. Uh, XG not great. Fourth lowest XG, 1.18 per game versus 0.92 goals scored per game. So their XG is already low and they're underachieving against it as well, as you said, Seb. Um, so they're not scoring as many goals as XG would have for them. 12 goals scored at home. Similarly, the fourth worst in League One as well. Um, they do create those big chances, though. as you said, 13th in League One for mm. big chance created. They just seem quite profligate. Um, but yeah, shots per game, pretty low, fifth worst, only average about 11 shots a game. Of those, three are on targets, so the worst in the division. Um, all of their home goals from open play, no set-piece goals, no penalties. Um, so they're not. there's no kind of plan B, as it were. Um, and yeah, shots outside the area, shots within the six-yard box, box there, second lowest in the league so that kind of tells the story there when um, you read those stats it goes back to what you said a minute ago why didn't they just get a striker if they're creating big chances or a midfielder central midfielder right who's going to shoot like they need a they need a, a an attacking midfielder who's going to break forward from, arrive later yeah, yeah get on the into end the of box things. kind of yeah they need a tommy miller type don't they um oh yes what's a is, player i mean is that Maybe George Thomas. We don't really know too much about him. Perhaps that potentially, might be, yeah. Maybe or Conor McGrandles. Maybe from Charlton. Yeah. I forget. I, I can't pretend to know too much about their no. their styles of playing stuff. Maybe that's who they're looking to bring in. I guess yeah. They've brought that experience in, haven't they? You know, they're experienced at Championship level. So maybe that's what they've gone for to try and hopefully get some get some, get some goals. Uh, I, we know that they're not possession heavy. No, forty six percent possession, fifth worst. Um, passing accuracy of 61%, second worst. Um, 73% of their passes are short, though, but then they've got 82 long balls per game, which is the joint fourth highest. So a bit of a confusing there, one there. No surprise that as a result of the, the long balls they're playing, they're, they're decent in aerial duels. They're seventh in the league for aerial duels, won about 24 per game on average um, and third lowest dribbles per game. So they're not going to be dribbling out. So it's difficult to see in terms of pattern of play, what we should expect there. Perhaps it's going to be direct up to Ironside or Smith yeah. perhaps. And then um, get the others involved off them, I think. So interesting, isn't it? You just said a minute ago, they've scored no goals. All their goals are from open play. They've scored no goals from set pieces and yet they are decent in aerial duels. That seems strange. You would think a side that is decent in the air would naturally score a couple of, um, uh, a couple of set piece corners or headers, or whatever, wouldn't you? So that's interesting. Yeah. I guess the long the long ball option when you've got a striker like Ironside up top, the long ball option must be you know pretty tempting if you're you know struggling a little bit. You can just launch it like like we did for so many years with Murphy up front. You can just launch it, and with his back to goal, he'll look to you know bring the ball down and then get runners in and around him to to feed off him. Yeah, Bennett's a unit six two. Yeah, has previously scored. Morrison's a unit. Yeah. So yeah, maybe that's a new threat. 
and maybe that stat will change for them who knows and defensively I mean maybe this tells some of the stories as well 11.9 tackles per game at home the lowest in the league 5.4 interceptions per game also lowest in the league so they're not recycling the ball a huge amount of midfield by this seemingly as well don't commit too many fouls um fourth fewest fouls at home um but yeah xga the the ninth worst as it were expected goals a game um versus yeah there's the yeah i've not put the number annoyingly so i, I couldn't tell you what the number is but they are definitely yeah 1.23 goals per game conceded at home isn't particularly great so yeah uh, all these nothing. stats simply reinforce that you know yeah. this, we have to go there. No we have to win. This is no excuses. Uh, I know we're not maybe at must-win game of the season yet, but if we're serious about hunting down the top two and with what's coming next weekend and what's coming this weekend when they're playing each other, we simply have to go to Cambridge, be professional, put on a performance, and and get out of there with three points. You know, this is this is a side that is really really struggling. The stats all prove that they you know they don't score that many goals they they do concede they're not streetwise and the fact that they're not bringing people down and they're not you know getting getting those tactical fouls this is a game that we simply have to go there turn up be professional and, and, and win. so the the xga is actually 1.43 um so it's the ninth worst but actually their goals conceded is a little bit less so they're actually doing moderately better than the chances they're conceding. Um, and, and, that, and that kind of chimes with the thought that defensively, you know, as I, as I mentioned, mid-table in terms of goals against, it's only 16 goals against, which is, yeah, very much middle of the league. So goals against at home doesn't appear to be a massive problem. They obviously have conceded um, 1.23 goals against. But it's those, just, it's those... It's at least one they concede, but... And it's those 12 so. goals they've scored at home, isn't it? That's, that's yeah, killing them. They're, exactly they're going right. to get nowhere with that, are they? Um, other random bits and pieces we found. I found that they're bottom of the first half league table, and um, both at home and overall, they they um, they are the worst team points wise from based on first half performances. Moderately better in the second half, but not much better. Twenty second, I think. And you found you found another stat. Yeah, two point seven instances per ninety minutes of percent possession one in the final third is the second worst in the league. And to me, that suggests a side that's pretty crap at pressing. Is that is that? Fair? Yeah, well, the interceptions numbers are yeah five, just just above five interceptions on average per yeah. game at home, lowest in the league. That chimes with that, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, this is this is this has to be professional. Has to be you know go there and if if they're so bad in the first half, if we can replicate what we did against Morecambe, where it was just wave after wave of attack, if we can score early, then surely their their heads will drop. The run they've been on will come into the come into play, and this should be relatively hopefully straightforward for us. Touchwood. Well, let's talk about us in a sec. Um, we'll be back after this. Innovation Labs is business hub and co-working space with strategic locations across Suffolk. Our aim is to foster innovation, entrepreneurship, business growth, and the development of an AI centre of excellence in Suffolk. Monthly hot desks are available from just £79. For more info, head to innovationlabsgroup.com or contact info at innovationlabsgroup.com. Innovation Labs, providing support for businesses across Suffolk. Locations in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, Woodbridge, with more Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you and are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITFC match programme each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. Follow. So let's talk about us then, Seb. Um, some easy calls first off. Um, Clark in at right back. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Obviously, he was so good against Morecambe. Danassian was, was fine against Burnley and he'll play again in the replay next week. But yeah, Clark straight back in. We saw against uh, Morecambe, his athleticism. He's he's a confident lad. He's not afraid to have a pop. He's, uh, yeah, looked a hell of a player. So definitely straight back in. And up against a makeshift left wing back at... Yeah, in Brophy. If, yeah. if it's Brophy. Uh, Edmondson starts, tick. <laughs> I think he deserves to. Yep, he's had a really good week with the clean sheet against Morecambe and the clean sheet against Burnley. So you and me spoke in the last one. Was it the Oxford game we did about this, about Burgess? And yeah, for me, I think now Edmondson comes into that left-sided role and hopefully he'll stay fit for the rest of the season. And I guess the debate then is alongside. Obviously, you were at the Morecambe game where we saw Keogh in there. He was very vocal in the first half. He's playing against maybe an old-fashioned striker in Joe Ironside with his back to goal, a bit like Cole Stockton. That McKenna brought him in for. Would you would you keep Keogh in there? Or would you look to bring Wolford and back in for the uh, for the league program? So I was very um, supportive of the idea of keeping Keogh in the team after the in the Morecambe post match, wasn't I? I wonder whether it's a it's, and then we know McKenna does this horses for courses kind of thing. Morecambe at home, I think we would anticipate being the having complete territorial dominance, which is exactly what happened, and therefore. Keogh, in terms of defensive work, isn't going to be as busy as maybe an away game. And therefore, maybe I see the logic in Wolfenden coming back in. And I actually think it's, you know, we know Wolfenden is probably on paper our strongest centre-back. So yeah. to me, it makes total sense to bring Wolfenden back in Keogh on the bench. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't would, think he'll make the I bench. I, I think we'll be going through the season Burgess. now with one. No, I think it'll just be Danassian because he can cover in two or three um, roles. And McKenna came out, didn't he, and spoke about, I'm going to load the out. bench with attacking options. So is that one of my ticks as well, is it? Yeah. Bodies on the grass and came out. That's my yeah. my three ticks, is it? Fair enough. Yeah, yeah no, so I, I think Danassian can cover both centre-half and right-back and a push, potentially maybe left-back as well. So I think we will see the benches from the rest of the season loaded with attacking options, like McKenna said. And and if, you, if, you, if you're centre-back that doesn't make the starting eleven, sorry, you're not involved this week. See ya. Um, broadhead starts? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Okay. Back in the, the left, the left-sided sort of forward role. He looked good against Morecambe, didn't he? He had a lovely through ball for the uh, the assist for Ladapo's goal. Was that the second or third one? Uh, direct, full of full of running, pacey, likes to get a shot off. Yeah, I'd have him, 
Chaplin in the middle and Burns on the right. Burns and Davis are back in training, aren't they? They, they came out today, didn't he, and said they're both back in training. So. Right, did he? Assuming they're the back, on the back on the grass, McKenna came out and they're back on the grass. The bodies are nearly back, um, <laughs> so I, I assume they'll come back. And if not, Greg Lee, by all accounts, did pretty well against Burnley, didn't he? So yeah. I'd have no issues with Greg Lee filling in the left back role if if need be. And I guess up front, what would you do? I mean, we've seen Hurst came back in against Burnley, and you know was unlucky maybe with that early chance, which goes just the wrong side of the post. But you know, for me, it has to be the Dapo. What, what are your thoughts on the number nine, the, the central striking role? I'd play the Dapo. Mm. I yeah, think he's Hurst, so good. That didn't look ready um, for me. And isn't Ladapo? Have we announced Player of the Month? Is it? Yeah, Ladapo? he won it, didn't he? He did. So yeah, he's done the pre-match. I, I think every time we see a player do the pre-match presser briefing in the Telegram group, we try and put together a, a, a historical look of how many players have started after doing the, the being on pre-match presser duties. So yeah, for for me, I think he he has to come in. Doesn't he Hurst can play at Burnley and look to get some more minutes under his belt up there. But the Dapos looked so good in January. He's back to goal play. He's holding up the ball. You know, he's scoring goals. He's the man in form. I yeah, I don't have him starting every day of the week. Um, we talked about Davis very briefly. It'd be great to have him in the team. Three of Cambridge's goals at home have come from set pieces. That's 19% of the goals they've conceded. So that is an option and a route to goal for us if Davis is bit. Um, we'll do some predictions shortly because there is obviously a big game happening elsewhere in League One this weekend. Um, but first off, we are um, proud to be brought to you in partnership with the Greyhound. Um, great pre-match venue. We'll be there um, ahead of... The big one next week, um, and I hope to see plenty of you there. Um, so do support the Greyhound um, Innovation Labs as well. Um, merch store will have a new promo, I think pre-shipping promo next week. So if you're in the market for a Blue Monday hoodie, um, then we've got a discount. So wait until then. Um, flagship show will be back on Sunday. I don't know who's involved in that one, but probably me, maybe, I don't know, Dave, Craig, who the usual suspects. Um, Seb doesn't, you didn't, did you? many sunday appearances do you, well, do you know? we had all our weird northern away games came in a bubble didn't it the start of the first two months of the season and there's been nothing since and if i go to portman road i'm traveling back on the sunday so it's not feasible but i'll be yeah burnley you've got bolton on the horizon you've got barnsley on the horizon there you so go. i'm sure so if you're a fan of seb and seb sayings then um come into a flagship show near you when ipswich are away in the north um, and as always if you want to go leave us a review if you're watching on youtube a thumbs up and um, very much appreciated nudges up the algorithm so do subscribe as well get blue monday content in your youtube inbox or whatever it's called subscription feed um and yeah i think that's all the stuff that we want to talk about so let's do some predictions Uh, last time out, I can't. It's so long ago, I can't remember. So let's just move it on, shall we? To Form the... is temporary, class is yeah, permanent. Yeah, there it is. The Derby Bolton result is enough to win Seb the week again. Um, uh, again, again, still three behind. Um, but yeah, Bors were like seven behind a few weeks ago. All right, you're crumbling, mate. You're it's... Ipswich, basically. You were top of the league for so long, and it's all gone well, a little bit wrong. So therefore, do we want me to? have a resurgence and maybe that's it maybe my fortunes Ipswich Town's fortunes yes are that's it yeah so, Ipswich have lost their lead at the top of the league because you're losing the prediction segment well, of the pre-match show hey man stranger things have happened but yeah congratulations <laughs> on another week and we need to say thank you to FBR Tractor who bows out with a four points haul for the week obviously skewed by postponements thanks to frozen pitches but we thank FBR Tractor for his spell we have Paul who is taking over for this week um and 
where do we start, Seb? Shall we start at Sheffield Wednesday and talk to us about Sheffield Wednesday v Plymouth? What, what do we what, what do we want? You and me have gone for one all draws here and Paul's gone for a 1-0 home win for Sheffield Wednesday. What is the best outcome of this game? Because I've been over it two or three times in the last couple of days and I keep changing my mind. I'm not sure if I accept that Plymouth are gone. Let's focus on second place. And obviously if Plymouth beat Sheffield Wednesday, they'll be coming to us the following game, maybe with their confidence dented a little bit. I, I, do you want a Sheffield Wednesday win to drag Plymouth back into it? Do you want a point? Because two points going somewhere is better than three points going somewhere. I don't know. I keep changing my mind. What are your thoughts, Richard? Thanks, Sebastian. Um, <laughs> uh, my thoughts are that a Sheffield Wednesday win is bad, if I'm honest. Ahead of next week, that's a massive momentum yep. boost for them if they were to beat Plymouth. Um, and I also, but that being said, Sheffield Wednesday win puts them joint top, yeah. I guess, with Plymouth, doesn't it? They're three yeah. points behind. They've got a superior goal difference. They go top. They've won their last five games in a row. Um, I just can't see that. Plymouth's, yeah, away form is solid, as we know. Yeah. Not as not as attacking and as winful as their home form. But, yeah, it's I, I have predicted a draw, but I think Sheffield Wednesday might, I think Paul's prediction is quite astute. I think Sheffield Wednesday have victory. the momentum of the three of us right now. They do. They so do. the hope, I guess, is that Sheffield Wednesday defeating Plymouth is the start of Plymouth's fall away that everyone is, every Ipswich fan, I guess, has been hoping for for a while. I would not complain if it ended in a draw, though. Yeah. I, that, that's for me, keeps them both in range. You know, I know um, Plymouth are top, aren't they? But, and we've kind of had our game in hand now, but. Yeah, seven points at the moment. If it was, oh, I don't want Plymouth to go off. I want a close race. So I'm going for, I think, a, I think a draw is the right result there. I enjoyed so, it on the flagship where you discussed two lots, two sides, mass brawls, points deductions, yeah. all that kind of stuff. get five players sent off each. Two and clubs entering administration and getting 12 point, yeah, 12 point yeah. deductions, both of them. Yeah, I, I think the draw is the most likely outcome. Sheffield Wednesday winning, like you, is probably the worst case scenario because then they come to Portman Road absolutely buoyant, don't they? So yeah, let's let's go. Yeah, okay, I'll go for a draw and keep them both within touching distance. But by God, we have to beat Cambridge if it gets to five pm and they've yeah. drawn one all on Saturday and we've drawn one all. Yeah, that wouldn't be great, would it? Yeah. So if if Sheffield Wednesday draw, yeah, that takes them to fifty nine points. A win for us takes us to fifty seven. Yeah, two points behind win, with the game in hand. Yeah, a win next week puts us back up to one point above them and they've still got the game in hand against was it Cheltenham was postponed wasn't it was it oh brilliant it's still it's not somebody difficult yeah but you never you never psychologically right you'd rather have the points on the board and all that all that jazz in terms of other teams that um, are in interesting action um, we're not expecting um, Cheltenham to put up a huge amount of a fight for Bolton who have recruited really well has to be said Derby we're not expecting Morecambe to um, albeit they surprised Bristol Rovers, didn't they? Where did that come still? from? Lost 4-0 to us. And was it 5-1? <laughs> Where did yeah. that come from? I don't know. So, so you never know, Derby. Don't discount more um, um, at your peril. Um, Barnsley away at Portsmouth might uh, dent their credentials a little bit. Obviously, a midweek win for Barnsley. Yeah, Oxford. Oxford, Oxford turned Oxford. up for us, didn't they? And yeah. then <laughs> I nearly swore they're like proper swear. Yeah. Like, all of these teams, Wickham as well. They turn up for us and then they turn over the next game. So screw all of you guys. Um, Peterborough away at Forest Green. We're not 
holding up a huge amount for Duncan. He's won Ferguson two out of two, isn't he, Ferguson? He's won he Port Vale and whoever they beat last weekend. So he's got 100% record and they're starting to... Yeah, Darren, um, he, is it the Ferguson derby? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Duncan. Okay. Yeah. Did you see the times of when Duncan Ferguson lost? Did you see the times of the goals for... Yes. Shrewsbury, 94. Ouch. Ipswich-esque, you might say. You'd go crazy, wouldn't you? Let's talk about us. We are all predicting when I'm predicting a brain fart moment. Um, but maybe those are gone if um, if Burgess isn't there to deflect something. I'm being really harsh for Burgess. I'm, I don't mean to be because he's been excellent for us. And as we talked about before, um, I just think there is there's a rick in there. And maybe Cambridge take an early lead and then we just... Oh, that'd be the worst. No, that would be the worst because no, they dig in not... and become resolute, and we'd get. Yeah, edgy, but I think no. we've got too much quality there. If they score first in the first five minutes, they've got eighty-five minutes. I'm not sure they hold on, but but clip think... this, clip this, just in case. Yeah, sorry, um, but yeah, two two goal mark. Well, you guys are going for a two 0 win, aren't you? Seems pretty solid. Yeah, it, it, has, it has to be. We have to win this game. You know, their stats are awful. They're aside on an awful run of form. And and we're going to have a great backing there. Was it 1,500 town fans there? I think the beanbag at Portman as well. So, yeah, we're going to be followed really, really well. And we just simply have to go there, do the business before the big one next weekend. Yeah, don't concede. Don't uh, And maybe what I'm doing, Seb, is acknowledging my form in the predictions has dropped. So I'm predicting badly. And therefore, what will happen is against me. So there you go. Either way, <laughs> I have no idea what the logic is. Let's move on. The ramblings of a madman, you were going to say, weren't you? That's yeah, why. You muted me. You pressed the button at just the right time. Got in there. The, yeah. Are you, are you madder than Brian Mad of Madcastle? <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I'm, I control. I'm the puppet master. My predictions control everything. No, let's move on. Thank you, everyone, if you made it this far. I appreciate all the support. Um, do give us a, a review, um, ideally a five-star one on your podcast app of choice. Thumbs up on YouTube, very much appreciated as well as long as as well as a subscribe. Join us for the flagship show. If you are at Portman Road on Friday night, do say hi if you see me. Watching the under-18s take on Liverpool in the FA Youth Cup. We wish that the team all the very best. Um, a bit of a rivalry there from a couple of years ago, so it'd be good mm. to get some revenge. Um, and I'm looking forward to watching that one. Um, and it's being streamed, isn't it? We can for those of us that live further streamed. afield, we can three watch quid, it on it? three quid on iFollow. Yeah, make sure Ooh. you get on that. Um, and it's a central position. Um, so I'll try and see if I can shout towards the camera and be heard. Are you in the um, which stand do you have to go in? Is it the cobbled? Uh, it's the Magnus stand. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah. So that'll be good. Um, we'll talk about that on Sunday, no doubt as well. Uh, all the best to ITSC. We're in at Watford, and I think, Seb, apart from saying thank you to you as always for your efforts. I don't think you've insights. mentioned Telegram. Do you want to talk about Telegram? Yeah, we've not mentioned it. Come and come and get involved. The numbers have grown nicely over the chat. last. Yeah, grown over the last couple of weeks. We've opened match day chat early. Joe went rogue and turned match day chat into transfer deadline day chat, which you absolutely loved. Um, but yeah, come and get involved. We've had a few new additions in the last two weeks or so. So two-week free trial, you won't lose anything. Seven groups or so, all going all times of the day and night. Always good conversation. They're respectful conversation, polite conversation, disagreements, but done in a constructive manner. And after the two weeks up, it's only a fiver. So it's worth paying five quid just not to go on Twitter anymore. <laughs> And you get to hear Seb talk about people on the grass and bodies. Bodies. And yeah, the match they chat will be good, especially if, if you're um yeah, if you're at the 
the beam back, as it were, and then it's another. It's worth it's worth saying if you live away like I do, match day chat is superb mm. because it gives you a real feel for things that you don't get on Twitter or you know if if it's a night game and you're able to watch it on iFollow, you don't get the same perception that you do from the match day chat. So if you live further afield like I do, it's a brilliant way of keeping on track of things because you get all these different points of views with pictures and and analysis and stuff, and it's it's really really useful if like me you can't get to every game. So if you live over a couple of hours from Ipswich, get in the Telegram group. And you get uh, some of our contributors are fantastic as well. So mm. um, Dan and Sean and Oscar from ITFC Analytics always chipping in with really insightful bits of information as well, which don't know. I think generally they share down their social medias, but everything centralized, really great people over there. So do, yeah, do come and join in. And yeah, I, apart from Telegram then, so everything else i think we've covered join us for the flagship show live on sunday night 8 p.m as always um and i'll say thank you mate thank you for all your hard work and i'll let you have the final say as always it's not a derby just win ipswich town come on you blues It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.